that, strong men are born they're created i just died and i'm still here i'm just trying to again look like a goddamn gi joe i have been shot multiple times i have been literally run over on my motorcycle three different times i've been clinically dead twice my liver and kidneys failed my heart failed there was carfentanil there was heroin and there was one more in my system that they mixed together in a cocktail to rob me so that's how i ended up dying i never really liked taking medication on a daily basis and yet we're given i don't know boys and girls hormone blockers and puberty blockers to make them another sex but i'm the psychopath for wanting to make men men again i had less than a 10 percent chance to live if i can do it Certainly you guys at home can too. There's no reason that you can't strive for better. You're a man. Fucking act like it. Welcome to tonight's episode of The Health King's Court. I'm your host, Zach The Health King. A quick disclaimer to keep myself out of trouble. Anything that you hear in this podcast is not intended to be taken as medical advice. The thoughts and opinions you hear shared are just that, thoughts and opinions. And any action that you take based on what you hear is done at your own risk. And with that said, enjoy the show. All right, everybody, welcome to the today's episode of the Health King's Court. I'm your host, Zach the Health King. We have a really cool guest today. He is a sponsored bodybuilder with Rich Paena's 5% Nutrition. He's a fitness model and an online coach. He's someone that faced a lot of challenges that a lesser man may not have made it through, but in spite of those experiences, he's transformed his life and now uses them to fuel his fire and help inspire others that might be facing some difficult times. And that is a Mr. Chris Coach Mayhem Myers. Welcome, Chris. How's it going, everybody? How's it going, bro? Thanks for having me here, first and foremost. Thank you for being here, man. Of course, of course. Good to talk to you again. Yeah, man. Yeah. And so to start out for people that don't know you, if you want to just give a little bit about your background, man, what's uh, what's your story? What brought you to be the man that you are today? So I will try to make this a short story because it is certainly not a, um, not not one. It doesn't do it justice, really, if I can press it, but I'll do my best. So this is over like a 12, 15 year span of things. Like I was, I got hurt in the military. I won't go into like a whole lot into that just to speed things up. Not really anything interesting. I got hurt, sent home anyway. So the events and all right, well, let me, let me put it like this. This will be the best way to put it. I have been shot multiple times. I have been literally run over on my motorcycle three different times. I've been clinically dead twice. My liver and kidneys failed. My heart failed. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar. Uh, there's a big, long technical term. I won't even get into that just to save us all the headache. So on top of that, um, I've been shot, like I said earlier, multiple times. Well, I've been shot in the stomach. So if you like flip to a page or a picture of me now, you would never even guess that I went through all of this. And like I said, it wasn't over. A long period of time it was you know it this is over many years after the military and i went through the whole phase of just wanting to be healthy and wanting to do more with my life because one of my worst fears was not dying it was like if you've seen the guys at the va 
that are hurt. They, there's just so much sadness and depression in that. And I literally put it to myself, like, I'm either going to get back and better to where I was at, or I'm going to die trying because there's no way in hell that I'm going to live a life like that because it is just so depressing. And it's no wonder that they're on tons of meds to deal with life because that is not, I can tell you from kind of being in that road and in that position on a lot of painkillers on a lot of medication, that that was not a life that was fulfilling for really anybody, especially me. I've always been active. I've always been fit. You know, I've always played sports. I did get fat there for a while after being on painkillers and, you know, being shot. Like there was a lot I couldn't do. And the worst part was the eating issues that I developed after all the surgeries and being shot that literally took so much out of me and made me gain weight. So people think that they eat less and they're doing good for themselves. It's really not the case. It's actually doing more harm than good. So through all that adversity, I was thinking in my head, I mean, I believe, like I was being told I may not walk again. Because where I had been shot, it hit me in the hip. It hit a nerve. So I literally couldn't feel my legs for a day and a half or so. And that was horrifying. I'm 26 years old at this time. And if I'm not able to use my legs, think what else I'm not going to be able to do. I really was not trying to hear that at 26 years old. You know what I'm saying? Like, you've got to be able to relate to that. So I had it in my head that not only am I going to walk, I'm going to do something productive with my life, and I'm going to become a personal trainer. I was very naive at the time. I just thought it'd be cool to be a coach. So this is probably 10 years ago. I actually became a personal trainer after all that. And it started with, I'm going to be able to walk down this hallway no matter what. You're not going to tell me what I can and can't do. And if I can't walk down this hallway, now this sounds crazy, but this is determination at its finest. If I can't walk down this hallway, I have no reason to be on this earth because my life will not be in any way, shape, form, or fashion fulfilled. So people look at me like I'm crazy when I say that, but you don't understand. Like, how do you go from being a badass to I can't walk anymore? And I saw firsthand what happens to those guys. And yeah, a lot of them have amazing outlooks still and amazing um, personalities. And they'll even joke with you about it. But I did not personally want that life. Not after everything I've been through, all the people that had died to help me like still be here. This is unacceptable. So um, I'd worked as a personal trainer for quite some time. Pay sucks, lots of hours, but I learned a lot. I learned a whole hell of a lot more than I did in college, more than I did in any type of training environment. So it was that hands-on experience that I was like, okay, well, if I can do this and at this level, I want more. That was always this pursuit for me. I want to do the best I can. And I always want to keep growing. I mean, that's what we're doing in bodybuilding, right? We're always pushing ourselves to the limit to grow as a person. So this is where I'm like, okay, I see people making money off of this. I think I can do this too. And obviously I wasn't in the physical shape that I needed to be at the time to be convincing, but coming from my injuries, I already knew what was going on. It was like the story of bamboo. Like, you know, it takes five years for a shoot of bamboo to even be seen. Really? So yeah. Yeah. So in my head, I'm like, it it goes fast, right? Yeah, once it and once it hits above ground, it just shoots up fast. 
weeks, yeah. weeks, weeks. And it's like, holy crap, where did this even come from? And I'm like, I can do that. I don't care what anybody says to me. I've been told that I won't walk. I've been told by family that maybe I just need to chill, this, that, and the other thing. Like, I'm not trying to hear this bullshit. I'm, I don't want that life. And everybody who was telling me, oh, you should do this or you should do that or you should take it easy was living a life that I didn't want to live. Family included, and no offense, but this isn't the way it's going. I'm not going out like this. <laughs> so, my dog's in the background whining about something. <laughs> you too, Joe. Ah, the joys of being back home. <laughs> um, so where was I? Let me go back. I apologize. Oh, no worries, man. So me being a very determined individual, I'm not going to take that laying down. So I started learning about how people are making money off of fitness because I saw a lot of people online. But the one caveat was they all looked better than me at the time. So I knew by watching them and formulating, I don't want to, I don't want to call it a plan. I just kind of intrinsically knew I'm not like some genius. I just knew, okay, well, A, I got to look better. I can put my story together and monetize it. And then along the way, I'm able to help people because all this is where that came from. I wanted to be a personal trainer, not only for myself to kind of give like a, you know, F you to the people who told me I couldn't do it, but I always wanted more. And I knew that if I could do that and if I could do it from how hard things were and how drastic things were, I knew other people could too. And even though I firmly believe that uh, motivation is absolute bullshit, it's determination and drive that'll get you where you want to be. I knew that maybe my story would be give people that spark that I can do this too, because I'm actually wearing I'm sponsored by a guy who actually did that for me. So I figured I could take my story of struggle and how hard things were because you saw the video, man. It's insane. It's absolutely. I should have, I should have been on Oprah by now. I don't understand why I'm not. (laughs) So. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there, man. And and firstly, you know, RIP Rich Payana. I think he was a, he was a really fantastic guy. I've taken a lot of inspiration from him in life as well, just on a a mindset side. And when I used to be back into bodybuilding, but yeah, man, there's a, there's a lot to unpack with what you even already said. So let's, uh, let's get to it. Yeah, go ahead. Were you always like growing up as a young man, were you always like so confident and did you always have your fitness about you before your injuries? Um, I was always in shape. Like I grew up in a different time. Like we're, we're coming home when the streetlights are coming home. We're rollerblading, we're biking all day. I've always been moving and so have my family members. So I won't say that I've always been Jack. I apologize. Busy man over here. I got two phones. Oh, you're good, man. I know how it is. Don't worry. <laughs> Kevin Gates is lying. That two phone life just. anyway uh back to your question i don't i'm not going to say that i was always like super ripped i didn't always look like i i do now that's for sure not the truth um however like i said i was had have always been active yeah and so but you always had that like air of confidence to you you seem like someone that just you know you, you got it right 
Um, when I get into like the mental, the the, the mental health side, because you you seem like someone that's a, a great example of mental strength, and so I want to see like where did that come from, or has that always been there, and how does that? I, that came from being on my own at such a young age. I think I left my house. I was like sixteen and a half. I got in a fight with my stepdad. Moved. Never looked back. So I figured if I can get it on my own at such a young age, and of course I did join the military, I think that's where that improved upon that confidence because I was doing things that I'd never thought I'd be able to accomplish nor imagine. Interesting. Yeah, you know, that's it, it's always an unfortunate story to hear, of course, of, of familial uh, disharmony, but I've seen so yeah. many stories of that creating some very strong men when they're put in a scenario or even decide to put themselves in a scenario where they dip out and, and just decide to make it on their own. So that, strong that's men are born, they're created. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so when on the, the maybe confidence and body image side, can you talk me through some of the, the mental processes that you found might've found yourself in when you went from being that very capable, very strong guy and we're experiencing a temporary scenario and you didn't know how temporary is going to be of like, okay, now I'm a little out of shape when I look in the mirror and I can't do the things I used to do. What was What was going on? If you're willing and willing to share some of the dark moments that you did face internally that you made it out of. Well, I could sit here and lie and tell you that I was a badass the whole time and I knew it would work out or I could tell you exactly how I felt. And it wasn't that. There was days I felt that way, for sure. But there was also days that I had to remind myself that I am that guy. Because there was a lot of days where I would be hurting and it would be absolutely miserable. And I'm telling you, like, it, a lot of days it hurt so bad just to get up to pee in the morning because I had all this scar tissue attached to my abdomen and it was ripping and tearing on top of, I had bullet fragments pressing on top of nerves inside my hip. So it was just a miserable process. But I also knew from everything that I've been through, like I said earlier, good men are forged. They're not born. So I knew that I may not be in, in the military anymore, but this is my level of hard. So... That's okay. The video game's on hard mode now. Let's fucking go. Like, but I didn't always feel that way. So I would always have something, I don't know, inspirational and or motivating in the background. And what I did was I started researching people that I wanted to be like, like David Goggins and other millionaires. And I'm like, okay, they all came from a really hard place. And then I looked at the people around me who had things kind of easy. I'm like, that's not what I want. So if this is the way it's got to be, let's fucking go. So some days are easier than others. Some days I really have that fire. Other days I have to remind myself why I'm doing this and how far I've come from where I've been. And then that gives me that fire back. Like, let's fucking go. Love it. Yeah, man. Nothing, uh, nothing happens in a straight line, right? Everything... No you know, progress or, or even someone that's, that's strong, everything has its ups and downs and highs and lows. Yeah. There, there's really no avoiding that in this world, man. That's, uh, no. it's part of it. And so I'm interested if you're willing to share 
what kind of meds did the docs end up putting you on? Were any of those meds that ended up like kind of affecting your thinking or moods or emotions, oh my god any, like depression meds or what was it all just pain management? What effect do you think those had, you know, in a positive or, or negative? it was all negative i wasn't doing anything productive when i was on those medications at all i felt like shit i looked like shit um i was eating like shit uh it was literally just a struggle just to get out of bed some days they had me on multiple sri or ssris i believe that's how it's said um i was on two different types of painkillers uh they had me on 350 per tens a month so that's 10 per day wow it, it was absolutely insane or 300 i'm sorry it, it was insane so with the va they're they're uh how how they treat people is what they do is they just like to give us medication. Yeah. So if we have like a side effect from a medication we're on, they'll give us another med to counteract that. At one time I was on 17 and here's the ones I remember. I remember being on Xanax and Percocet at the same time, which oh. is like a no-no, like full Xanax bars. And I mean, I was, I was a bigger guy at the time. Um, I was near the 300 pound mark, not not ripped, not shredded. Like I, I looked like a fucking jelly donut, man. I wasn't mad, but I'm tall. So I didn't look that terrible, but to me looking back now, cause I'm getting, I'm 245 now, but I'm shredded. So it's like, yeah, damn, the juxtaposition is just crazy. So a lot of the uh, SSRI medications that they had me on was a weight gain thing. Mm. That was obviously detrimental. And that just kind of kept me real flat is what I'll say. Like I'm a very expressive and intense person is what I hear all the time, which is how I should be. Yeah. When I'm on those meds, I was not that person. And then they would give me things like Adderall to help me in school to pay attention because I'm gone off painkillers and all these other meds that they have. And then I'm taking meth on top of that, like the Adderall, because if you're unaware, that is literally one chemical component away from what methamphetamine actually is. I mean, a lot of people aren't privy to that, yep. which is sad because a lot of kids are on it. And I'm like, dude, you're you're literally taking oral meth and you don't even know it. So that did help me in school. Yeah, for sure. But again, I wasn't happy. I wasn't healthy. I wasn't I wasn't goal oriented. My goal was just to get through the day. Yeah. And so what school what level of school were you in when when you were going through all that? Um, I actually. Uh, <laughs> I did the wrong thing. I did what we were all told we're supposed to do getting out of the military or in life in general was go to college, go to college, go to college. <laughs> well, I ended up getting two degrees. I went for music uh, so I can actually work in radio. I can work in a television broadcasting or I can work in a recording studio. I was doing music at the time. So it just made sense for me to do that. And that I did semi okay. I never really liked school. Never have been a fan of school. Yeah, I mean, who is right? <laughs> no, like it's it's just all good on that rabbit hole. Something that you're told to do. Hey, we could go down any exactly. rabbit hole. We could go down exactly. any I'm not afraid of rabbit holes. But yeah, it's uh it's certainly not a place where strong headed men find themselves at home in, in school settings, you know. And so with that experience, now before that experience. What was your thoughts on maybe mainstream like medications and health 
avenues, you know? It seems you've been very turned off from your experience that was negative or not enjoyable. But, like, were you someone beforehand was that was like, yeah, you know, I'll pop a Tylenol for this or that or, you know, like, or, or did you always kind of know, like, eh, I don't really like those. You know, like, what was your... I was viewpoint on on that kind of thing i was indifferent because unfortunately i've been from being so hyper i've been medicated from a very young age mm -hmm. so i never really liked taking medication on a daily basis i will say that i was just kind of like a whatever to it i really didn't want to but i wasn't like if it was gonna help me and at the time i was a young I was a young man. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't have all the knowledge I have now. And if I did, I certainly would have made different decisions back then than I, than I did. Yeah. How, how young did they start you on the Adderall? I started Ritalin when I was like six or seven. I was on Adderall when I was 21. Yeah. But I mean, Hey, even that 22. six, even that six or seven figure for Ritalin, that's, that's that's crazy man that's it's insane but i mean they didn't my mom didn't know what else to do and they exactly weren't the uh best healthcare providers in the early 90s you know of course of course man yeah you know what's uh parents work with what they got right 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 i'm not faulting her she didn't know i was hyper as shit i probably wouldn't want to put up with me either just let me go outside and play <laughs> what kind of diet were you having when you were young and was it like standard American stuff with the processed and, and this and that? Cause then that ends up playing into creating the hyper children in the first place with all the sugar and, and red dyes and, and different yep. things. So uh, I grew up poor. And when I say that there was three other kids in the house. So there wasn't like, we always had what we needed, but it wasn't the best quality. We're eating like, you know, sugary foods for breakfast. And again, like we knew what was, we knew what was healthy, but we're getting what we could afford. Yeah. So lunch meats, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times I ate a fried bologna sandwich or God, God awful peanut. I cannot eat peanut butter and jelly to this day. <laughs> I see that. And I'm just like, no, get it. No, no. Mm -mm. Too many, too many. No, man, and they, they were on the WIC program, so they would get, like, milk, eggs, cheese, stuff like that, and it was just, like, the lowest of quality. So there's a lot of foods that I'm just so turned off by. <laughs> but, yeah, we uh, unfortunately had to eat a lot of processed foods and did what we did to get by. So, like, the quality of the food wasn't always as great. And so with that experience and then with the extreme experience that you had uh, with the, the the medications and stuff, what has that brought you to do now in regards to diet and, and medication or when you need, when you are sick or, you know, what's your kind of your, your leaning or your uh, philosophy towards what kind of things you put in your body now? So we'll break this down in a couple different sections because that was a multi-layered question. So I figured I need to address it the best I can. Go for it. I'm very hyper aware about what's going into my body yes i will go get a cheat meal um i tend to stay away from gmo so i am sponsored by a meal prep place so i do have a leg up on everybody else let's start let, let's start with the first thing you asked me go, what was that because we'll answer this in sections what so based on your experience and everything that you went through and then you know now what right is your philosophy towards what you put in your body these days? 
Let's talk about diet first. All right. So let me ask you a question. If you owned a Ferrari, would you take it <laughs> to the hood and put bad gas in it? I don't think I would. So why would you take your body, which you only get one of, which is arguably way more valuable than the Ferrari, correct? There's only- why would you take it to a grocery store and go eat a bunch of junk food and processed foods and shit, essentially, and put bad gas in your fuel tank, which is your body? That's a good so, question. And I understand, I'm very, very aware that not everybody has the money to go to Whole Foods. And I'm not actually not really a big Whole Foods advocate, just because I know the bullshit of their marketing schemes and how they do the U.S. market and another rabbit hole, another rabbit hole. <laughs> However, you can apply common sense and look at the outside of a grocery store and notice that everything on the outside of the grocery store is either bread or it's in some type of refrigerator or something because it's perishable. It's whole. That's where you need to be shopping. So I don't even go shopping. I don't cook for myself or anything like that, but every, all the, all the ingredients are organic. They're all taken care of. And I can't tell you how much better I feel and clearer I feel now as well with what I put into my body. I don't drink tap water. I barely even like showering in it because, you know, your skin's a massive organ, so you're still absorbing it. But without getting into a massive slew of a whole bunch of things that are terrible with tap water, I usually only drink spring water or this right here, which is spring water with a whole bunch of stuff inside of it. So not only does it have the vitamins and minerals from the spring water, I use stuff like there's a nitric oxide booster in there from when I work out, which is also good for your heart. But there's glutamine, there's citrulline in there. There's also creatine. And then through drinking this, it actually clears up your pineal gland, which helps you become sharper. You think better. You're more clear-headed. You're less groggy, less lethargic. You're just in a better mood. So water, we're made up of what, like 70% water? So shouldn't that be one of the massive things that you pay a lot of importance to and, and attention to? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's something that's very slept on, you know, and I, when I'm leaving the house, I travel with this. I always make sure I have a gallon at least of my own clean water that I've processed and added the minerals to that I like as well. Cause yeah, it's huge. I only shower in filtered water, you know, Uh, unless of course I I really need to, and I'm traveling and, and whatever. Right. Right. I try to keep it quick though, because yeah, you can drink all you want, eat all the good stuff you want, but you're still absorbing it. You're still absorbing it right through your skin. And especially if you take a hot shower, then it's, you know, opens up the pores and lets all that chlorine, fluoride, antibiotics, hormones, this, that, right. that, that are in our uh, lovely public water systems right on into you. Line. So that's and you. then the further answer the other part of that question i believe what was it about other that was food and then it was like it medications you, yeah it's like if you find yourself being a little unwell temporarily or if you have pain you know are you popping painkillers these days or do you have other remedies that um so with that being said um i actually don't take any medication on a regular basis uh, I have a big med, med- well, I don't want to call it a medicine cabinet, but I call it like my herb cabinet or whatever, my mineral cabinets, because it's got three shelves. 
and then it's got two shelves below that are just stocked full of minerals. I couldn't remember the last time I've been actually sick other than when I had COVID for four days. Yeah. And then the, they didn't even give me medication for it. They said, you'll pass it out of your system. You're so healthy, blah, blah, blah. I said, cool, let's go. Um, I don't, I couldn't even tell you, I think 12 years ago, maybe I had the common cold for like six hours. I took some nights quill and slept it off. Um, I've always been like, I've never really gotten sick. So, but again, like I've always been active. I was one of those kids that was drinking out of the hose when in the nineties and whatever. <laughs> yeah. I ate my Flintstone vitamins. I'm immune to everything. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Hey, that cabinet of, of of herbs and minerals, that absolutely is a medicine cabinet, man. That's the OG medicine. Right. That's the real medicine. Right. That, That's a fact. That's, That's a fact. That's the OG medicine that all the petrochemicals are just trying to copy is the honest truth of it um any of you are you what are you what are some of your favorites up in there what are um, your like big guns or what are your daily uh daily ones that you might take oh god there's so many there's so <laughs> many i take well, a uh, a probiotic and digestive enzyme stack i take a multivitamin every day i take fish oil i take dim which controls estrogen because i am on testosterone um what's some other good stuff in there i take a liver and organ defender which is supplied by my uh my sponsors <clears throat> then i take sea moss i take cinnamon turmeric i take nad which is good for uh, a whole bunch of different things but it's also good to help your skin clear up it's good for anti-aging uh help it does some stuff with the ligaments i need to read up some more on it because i'm not too well versed in what it's supposed to do there's a lot of reading that goes into that it's kind of boring yeah uh and that's just the name of a few i take a lot i really it's an insane amount like this is a protein scooper every morning i take one of these full of minerals so it's just the whole damn thing full of minerals and then the only time I really take meds was I've been fighting an ulcer for the last eight months on top of the peptides that I take, which are for healing. I've been taking medication from the doctor because it was antibiotics. And apparently, for whatever reason, my stomach feels the need that it needs to produce more acid than it has to. So it's actually been eating holes in my stomach lining, mm -hmm. which is already thin from all the, all the, well, not only uh, the scar tissue, but as well as as many times as I've been cut open and everything's been moved around, like it does not look pretty in there. Yeah, I gotta, so, I gotta um, I'll go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, for the for the stomach ulcers, uh, I actually through like the podcast and, and networking met some guys that you might want to check out at uh, they have a product of aloe, they make a raw inner aloe gel product, yeah. just like people know, like aloe soothes, yeah, externally, you drink mm -hmm. that. And you might find it very beneficial. So that's just a personal. I'm not affiliate. No, it's awesome. I, I mean, it's funny you say that. I actually have been killing those aloe drinks you can get at the stores. You got to watch the episode I did with them, man, because unfortunately, those aloe drinks might be very uh, inert and void of aloe. So yeah, I'll, really? I'll, I'll send you that info, man. That you might perfect, find perfect. Thank you. Um, but let's touch on something else because you were just okay. very, you were just very open and, and honest, and came straight out and said, "Hey, yeah, I'm taking tests." Some people yep. are open about it. Bodybuilders, et cetera, aren't necessarily always so open about taking performance enhancers like test, HGH, mm -hmm. anabolic steroids, et cetera, et cetera. Now I know Rich Piana, 
he's very right. known for being very honest about it. He's not right. a, he wasn't necessarily an advocate saying, hey, everybody should do this. But he was like, hey, I want it to be gigantic and as big as I possibly could. So I did that. Uh, right. What's your philosophy towards taking test steroids, HGH, any other similar things? And uh, do you recommend them? Have you have experiences with any of, you know, all of those? Um, what, what are your thoughts on people that take them? So I don't, me personally, I do not care whether you take them or not. I am unfortunately in an industry where a lot of people lie about it. I, however, do not even feel the need because look at my story. Look what I've overcome. I do have friends that are completely against it. Tate being a well-known advocate that he's not for steroids. However, I believe that there's cases other than TRT where you don't hear about the success stories like mine. Now, I take the exact same stance as Rich did. My goal, however, is not to be the biggest person I can be. I know how bad that is for your health. I'm not trying to go out like Rich. That's not my goal at the end of the day. My goal at the end of the day is to achieve what I think is the best possible look for me. I'm not trying to get to 300 pounds. I have no interest in competing, even though I am a fitness influencer, as you'd say. Um, I have used human growth hormone and testosterone for many years, and I actually contribute a lot of my healing ability and my ability to look the way I do now to that. Like you got to understand, I was told I wouldn't have abs because of how many times they cut me open. I still have abs. And that's because of the long, prolonged use of human growth hormone. I don't advocate everybody use it. I advocate the smart use of it. Um, and believe it or not, there is a smart and intelligent way to use that product. <laughs> There's just a lot of mis... I hate this term. There's a lot of bad info and misinformation about it. There's not enough quality info, which now that's slowly changing. Rich was a pioneer because he was the first one to do it. He was the first one to come out and say, no, this is exactly what I'm doing. This is why da, 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 da. I've been doing this for 20 years. So what? So I personally admired the hell out of that. Me, I was using it for a completely entirely different reason. My life was sucking at the time. I hurt. Everything was banged up on me. And it was probably one of the best decisions I personally made. However, at first, I didn't know what I was doing. So that's why I don't recommend everybody do it. Because you could come across somebody who has all the right intentions as a kid. And I've met plenty of these kids myself and had to help them fix their hormone levels and you name it. So I can't say that it's a good idea for everybody to use. However, if you're hurt, you've got this going on, that low testosterone it's worth looking into especially with the crap that's in our food because without going down a large rabbit hole this is why i say before because I, I can see the comment section now <laughs> oh you're telling 15 year old kids to use testosterone no no i'm not however i am saying that i know that there is a massive decrease in the testosterone levels of 15-year-old boys as opposed to 90-year-old men. They have the same damn testosterone level right now. Yeah. So this is the part where I will take a stance against Tate and say that testosterone therapy so we can get our damn men back for kids that are 15 isn't that bad of a fucking idea. But yet, I get called crazy 
and yet we're giving, I don't know, boys and girls hormone blockers and puberty blockers to make them another sex. But I'm the psychopath for wanting to make men men again. Yeah, right. It's like society's okay with manipulating hormones to make it less what it naturally is. But if right. you give more of what it naturally is and, and, and aid what should be the natural levels, why is that an issue, right? But yeah, there's certainly an influx of things in this world more and more that are attacking testosterone, whether it is the food, what's in the water, the medications, the polyester plastic clothing, the BPA that's everywhere from water bottles to receipt paper, the schooling system that kind of kills that that fire in, in young men, right. the right. everything, man, everything. Yeah. I mean, is it a conscious attack on testosterone of the society to control I would say so. young men? Is it completely an accident? Is it completely just for profit for all these organizations or is it for control i'm not going to make an allegation but i know what i think right i'm saying there's a lot of dots there that get, get connected but hey it takes common sense to connect those dots and not everybody has that either yeah because you know it's men of testosterone that get things done that lead right. societies that take right. care of their family that take care of their women, that take care of their children. It's so, let's go into this a little bit, because it's just fucked up, man. Masculinity has been so demonized in the recent times. If these terms like toxic masculinity, you know, any any beacons of strength in men and, and public figures get so just demolished and, and made out to be like they're the big, bad guys look at movies right. look at tv shows the good guys are usually just some like meager weak humble nerdy man who you know like just obeys what he's told blah blah, blah. Right. And the bad guy is that cool strong like traditionally masculine man there's messaging there yeah there absolutely is messaging there, man. It's very unfortunate. But you know what? I think that we're seeing in current times a pendulum swinging. I think we're yes. overall seeing a rise in healthy masculinity. More and more people are realizing, hey, we actually do need those strong men. We do need those strong men to lead us to take care of things and, and, and fight the evildoers, you know? And I think I think we're moving in a positive direction where we are seeing more and more positive masculine messaging being put out there. Now, infiltrated in that is a lot of clownery, unfortunately, as well, and people trying to kind of take advantage of that. But there's also a lot of really cool beacons of masculinity going on. And, and so... I think it's time for the good, strong men to really stop being so shy and really stop censoring yourself because, you know, I, the public is being a little more receptive to it. Um, and that's not really a question, but right. you share your comments. I mean, if, that. that swing back is going to be really hard. And there's going to be a lot of people upset about that swing back. Yeah. And if enough people, Hopefully, myself included, can be um, a beacon for these people to understand that it's okay to be a man. 
It's okay to want more for your life. It's okay to be strong. It's not okay to be weak. It's not okay to be a bitch. It's not okay to not speak on your opinion. Like you're a man, fucking act like it. Yep, exactly. And it what people have been led to think makes a good and safe man being a, a low testosterone man that offers a lot of feminine qualities and, and is just like super, super... And their their girlfriends are still in my inbox and liking my pictures and watching my stories on fucking Instagram, bro. Well, there's definitely that. There's definitely right. that, you know, because <laughs> women inherently, you know, they are attracted to what they are attracted to, which is going to be the the polarizing masculine men. But it's also I want to raise the point that it's the the low testosterone men that are the dangerous ones that can't sure. control their emotions. They're going to be the sure. ones out you know they're not going to be the ones that feel that duty to protect the people around them and be stoic and be a leader of their community and rise up and, and self-improve and all those great things that make a man a man and and always have right it, we've all known a woman that has hit a certain age that her uh, hormones go crazy and they act a certain way and they get angry and they start yelling and screaming yeah. that's what it looks like for a male school shooters and shit yeah nerds who don't get laid who hate everybody because they're them i get they hate on me all the time it's so funny it's so funny to me yeah <laughs> well of course you know because they have to justify their existence by trying to bring everyone down and say oh well he's jacked he must be a dummy or you know right right <laughs> it's that mega the stereotype, the stereotypes are great. I I actually love them. So talk about that a little bit. What kind of what kind of uh, what kind of messaging do you get? What kind of feedback do you get as someone that is clearly and evidently and very prominently on social media, uh, like a, a a jacked masculine man? Um, I mean, well, I always there's always two of them. There's always only two types. It's the skinny guy who never put in the effort or just can't seem to make it happen. He's going to hate the way I look. And then the super overweight guy who sits in front of the computer, who doesn't try at all, who hates people like me because we have a life like he wants, yet he's not going to go out and get it for himself. He feels like it's owed to him or he's just sheerly lazy. The comments range from the wildest things like <laughs> steroids. Like, all right, well, first off, like, okay, yeah, I, I openly talk about steroids, but your insult doesn't even fucking mean anything because you're just saying what I tell you I do. Because if fucking steroids were the easy button, bro, let me tell you how many jacked dudes would be running this earth. We would be all like gorillas if it was the easy button. <laughs> but the truth is, it's not. It's not. And then they get upset because I worked my ass off. And like everything got thrown to the side, quit partying, no more girls, no going out. We're working. We're going to the gym. We're working on my crap. We're going to the gym. We're working. If I'm not sleeping, eating or training, I'm fucking up. And I was like that for a long time. And a lot of people don't want to put in that effort. They just want the result now. So I'll have those people, which are usually either the skinny guy or the fat guy who can't seem to get where I'm at. And they'll just bitch at me and they'll follow. It's almost. It's almost like they love to hate me because when you get down to it, 
I'm going to, I'm not going to be outrightly mean. I'm just going to say something about you that's obvious and then keep it pushing with my life. Like I respond to haters in the comments, like joking. Like I just make fun right back at them or say something that's obvious to get them to <laughs> reply back. It's great for my algorithm. And they don't seem to understand that. Like they think that they're going to upset me with some type of word or some shit. Like, bro, like I, I've been dead twice. There's nothing in the world. There's no fucking words that you could put in a sentence together that would ever upset me, especially when I know how low you feel about yourself. I would have to respect you as a person to care about what you're saying about me and considering you can't afford to be where I'm at or have my phone number. I guess you can't know me personally or be around me close enough to have a fucking problem with me, huh? So it's literally all jealousy and it's like I saw guys bigger than me and that what I would want to look like. And I tried to figure out how I become their friends, like how I could get maybe work out with them or how, how do I learn from you? And like, you know, something that I want. So oh bro, I get hate from everywhere. And if you're following me on Facebook, my comment section is lit. It's <laughs> I, have, <laughs> I have people that follow me just for the comment section. <laughs> I'll have to check it out. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's easy. Uh, it's cheap dopamine hits. You know, people got to get, or should I say, cope, copamine. When you know, it's you, definitely coping. You could just hate, right? You know, it's, like they'll see me with pretty girls or living a nice life, and it's like, bro, I worked for this, and these girls don't just want me for money or because I'm big or anything. Like, got to be charming. Like, there's a lot of extra work that you got to put in, and people just don't understand it, or they don't want to put in the work. Oh, absolutely. And there's always work to be done. There's no way to get around getting work no. done. Even to, to my knowledge, even someone taking steroids, taking tests, taking whatever, you still have to get your ass in the gym and put in the work. It might be an amplifier and it might make things faster and easier to grow, but you still got to put in the work, no? At the end of the day, that's all steroids actually do. At the very base principle, they don't make you big. That you can't just pop a pill and then like in six weeks be huge. It doesn't work that way. No. They only amplify your ability to grow muscle. That's it. Yeah. Doesn't do anything extra. Now there are some type of compounds that will help you be stronger immediately. Like up your bench press 50 pounds or whatever have you. But it's not something that you get to keep. It's not sustainable. And you still have to work out. And here's the crazy part. If you're going to use and go down that road, you have to understand that you're speeding up your body's process. You're going to have to eat more. You're going to have to take minerals. You're going to have to do the work. It's not just going to, you go in, do some push-ups, and then boom. I don't know why people expect this. But... So there's a lot of supporting things. Both a lot. In, supplement, in, in supplementation, eating more, putting in the more work, you know, that you have right. to right? I and mean, it's not a substitute for sleep. You're still training nope. more, putting your body net, possibly under more stress. You might have to even yep. sleep more, right? You do have to sleep more. Like I have to force myself to take a nap in the middle of the day. Yeah. Because uh, I, I go to bed at like 10 o'clock. I wake up at like 4.30 and on that's on a regular. I might sleep in on a Sunday to like six or so, depending on what I got going on that day, if I'm not recording content or something. Yeah. How often do you eat? Are you one of the eat all dayers? Are you a three meals a day, intermittent fasting and one meal a day? What's your philosophy towards timing your eating or eating? So 
there is a way to do everything. And since I'm growing right now, I would like to be able to eat like later in the day and just keep it at that. But there's no way that I can get in the calorie content in that short of a window. It'd just be wait like I would literally have to eat every 30 minutes for like four and a half hours. Yeah. That is literally four and a half hours or five hours of continuous eating. So right now I'm at seven meals a day and this is how that breaks down. So I drink a shake in the morning, right after my fasted cardio, but I'm drinking this shake as I'm working out. So two and a half, two hours go by. I've finished that shake and I've already drank most of this. I'll go home, I'll drink another shake, and about two and two hours, two and a half hours later, I'll eat my first meal, which is usually some type of like breakfast item, like scrambled eggs, potatoes, something like that. And then lunch comes around at noon. I eat like some sort of chicken dish with some sort of vegetable and a carb source. I do that again at three, and then again at six, I'm eating a steak, usually some type of potato, something heavier. Um, I like to get in a salad, but usually it depends on, since I'm getting bigger now, my diet is a lot different from what I'm maintaining. So I get a little bit more room to kind of play with things. And then I usually drink another protein shake with carbs in it before I go to bed. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot of stuff, man. But based on that's your growth phase. What about, you know, you can even- I actually have to add in more meals. So don't think like it gets to stop there. Like I, I plan on being 275, 280 at my absolute heaviest, just because I was fat at 280. I want to be 280 like Jack. So it's like people always say dress for the job you want, not what you have. Is it kind of like eat for the body you want? Not necessarily. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know. I never heard that before. I think I may just coin that phrase. <laughs> yeah, you should because that's spot on. <laughs> Yeah, eat for the body you want. That's cool. And so that's your that's your uh, your food intake routine. What about workout routine? How many workouts are you doing uh, every day? Or are you seven day a week, five a day, or, or five days a week? What's your workout kind of split or routine look like? Um, I go six days a week. I work out every day. Sunday is a super lazy workout for what I like to call it. It's just 30 minutes of walking. Nothing really too. But so this is how that breaks down. I get up first thing in the morning. I go do fasted cardio. I was doing abs for a while, but I actually have another hernia. Damn injuries prior to this. So I have, again, some stomach issues, but I got a surgery for that coming up. So I usually do cardio and abs first thing in the morning, and then I'll drink that shake so that I'm not flat on a workout. Like I absolutely hate that. So I usually go hit a pretty hard workout right after my cardio and then I go home and eat I'll try to make it to the gym again that day if I can maybe for like another hour hour and a half so I spend a total like three hours in the gym maybe four a day but it's broken up so it doesn't even really seem that long the first 45 minutes like my cardio sessions that's always gone by quick what is something- um, go ahead good well at night what I'll do is I've actually got some uh, weights by my desk right here, some 25 pound weights. And I'll actually just kind of do, you know, either laterals or I'll work on my shoulders or arms while I'm sitting here working just to keep blood flowing. And then, uh, yeah, man, sleep. 
Um, yes, sleep is part of the workout. People think I'm crazy when I say that, but you do need to sleep to grow. I am not a person who likes to sleep a lot. I'm a very active, like, let's go, let's go, let's go. I don't even fucking sit around and watch TV. So sleep is just as important as the workout. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and I, uh, I could relate. I hate sleeping, man. I feel so unproductive, but I got to like, right. I call it like tactical laziness sometimes where I have to exactly. like tactically, okay, put myself down and not do anything, you know, because it's going to be able to amplify my results if I'm well rested and stuff the next day. But 100%. You nailed a lot of things. I think it's really good to keep the body active all throughout the day in some sort of capacity, whether it's light workouts, heavy workouts in sporadically, get those walks in, do the cardio, you know, you see, I got yeah. those, uh, or over this shoulder, I got those yeah. there. This is my home office. It's also my home gym. I'm, you know, doing some computer stuff and then bang out a couple sets. I, I think that's yeah, of keeps the blood flowing, you know, to the, to the body and to the brain. It's super. It just makes you feel good. Makes you feel good. Yeah. All right. Like you're productive. Like, yeah. Um, I remember Rich was an advocate, if I recall correctly, of right before you go to sleep too, banging out a couple, a couple feeder workouts. Feeder yep. workouts. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You know? I actually, I see great results with that. I can't even bullshit. The man was on to something. I need to get back to that. And I'm just, I'm so focused in on what I'm doing. Like I work until I can't hold my eyes open anymore. Yeah. Yeah, he was uh he was big on 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 the feeder workouts to kind of even like program the muscle before you go to sleep, program the mind. It works. Keep yeah, it works. Keep your focus on that muscle. He was big on the mind muscle connection. Very much so. You want to talk about that? What's your experience with mind muscle connection and and the difference that mindfulness in doing each rep and doing each set can make in the results? Do you have anything? People think it's a joke. Like, people think, like, oh, there's no scientific proof. And okay, nerd, let me do Let's do this. Go hurt some part of your body where it has to be physically reattached. And then I want you to try to go work out with the same weight you worked out with before. You're not going to be able to do it. It's going to feel like shit. You're going to, you are literally, all your focus is going to be on that muscle at that point in time. Now you can use this to your advantage. You can drop the weight down. You can do lighter reps, but more of them. And you can get that muscle back in those tissues firing in, con in conjunction with the rest of your body. Because I can tell you, I've told parts of my body to move, and that shit did not move. But with enough intent, and I'm not saying like, oh, I did some Jedi mind trick on my bicep when I tore it. That wasn't the case. It, I was sitting in the damn gym with a literally a two and a half pound weight just cranking it out it sucked it was miserable that's all i could move but i was still moving weight so the mind and muscle connection is very real um where intention goes energy flows so if my intent is to make my biceps bigger and i'm not thinking about the work i'm doing on my biceps what are you doing yeah yeah that's like, it and that it it's the same for anything in life, right? You, you can, become what you think. You can become if what that, you think. If that is true, why are you not thinking about what body part you want to grow? It's just it's uh, if you think about it in a whole sense, it's just common sense. Like my job literally is just common sense. 
<laughs> yeah, well, you know what they say. It ain't too common these days, so it's needed. Oh. What, um... Lost my train of thought. But, uh... Oh, yeah, I was just gonna say, you know, that's with anything in life. You know, anything in life, you can go through the motions of it and get it done. Or you can really focus on what you're doing and give it the due mind power not necessarily just the the motions and really get it done you know and, and amplify your results but um yeah, you'll grow faster yeah in regards to working out this is an interesting question um do you have any favorite workouts or favorite body parts you know do you have like your favorite like that's that's my thing you know are you i love squats i love deadlifts you know what's your what like really gets you going I haven't squatted or deadlifted in forever. Tell you the truth. Okay. Yep. So you're not necessarily a compound lift guy. I there's just a lot of reason to believe they're not needed. Squats, yes. Um, but with the issue I'm having now is I've had both shoulders of mine worked on. I've had surgery on both. So me getting my arm back up right here is actually kind of taxing for me to just get it up to that. And we're at my ear right now. So to push it even further is hard. I haven't exactly been on my physical therapy like I should be. I was wanting to grow muscle but <laughs> like an asshole. <laughs> but I'm still doing the physical therapy thing with it now. However, um, I didn't even get thick legs, big legs from doing that beforehand. I wasn't squatting when I was in the military. I wasn't doing deadlifts when I was in the military. I was rucking around with all kinds of weight on my back. And just moving weight. So, I mean, I'm sure that there will be people in the comments or saying, oh, well, it's proven fact or this person says this. I'm just saying from my own personal experience, that's just what it is. And I can't do squats right now. However, like, I don't know. My favorite exercise, if I had to pick one, I used to really love training biceps until I tore it. <laughs> Everybody, every man does, you know? <laughs> Yeah, like gun or curls for the girls. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I honestly can't say that I have any type of favorite workout. My favorite workout is just being able to get in the gym and go. And I know that sounds fucking cliche, but literally, like, if it was my favorite, then I'd probably want to do it all the time. And if I'm being honest with you, I probably only would really want to go to the gym maybe two days a week. It's more so just the discipline of knowing I need to do it and then doing it. Yeah, there's, you know, it's fitness is one of those things, like anything, that there's so many schools of thoughts. Like you said, there's people that are diehard squats and deadlifts, squats and deadlifts. That's all you need. And then bench right. press, that's everything. Uh, it's, you know, it boosts your HGH, it boosts your testosterone, blah, 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 whatever, all the different claims. Uh, but then there's also people that recognize, hey, squats and deadlifts are like the number one and two injury causing lifts. And right. so you don't necessarily need them, you know? That is actually one of the main reasons I don't do them. And here's my case study. I love the guy. I absolutely love this guy. I see him at all the expos. I talk to him all the time. He actually loves my dog, Gia. Ronnie Coleman. Mm. How much was he uh, squatting? How much was he deadlifting? The dude can't walk now, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, he shows up to the fitness expos, and it's fucking heartbreaking. I, I cannot lie to you. It's heartbreaking to see the guy. He still has so much love for the sport, too. But to see how bad he's hurting and know him in person, like, and have talked to him a few times, yo, it's 
I don't want that. I have been injured enough. I'm just trying to, again, look like a goddamn G.I. Joe. I don't just want to look like a statue, bro. And when I get to that, I'm good. I don't care. Like, I've accomplished my goal. It's not – I don't have to press the most weight. I don't have to – it's not about an ego thing. The, my ego gets fed because of what I've accomplished, not because of what I look like. Yeah, man. it's uh, That's something that a lot of young guys lose sight of, that longevity. They'll think like they're just invincible and think that's like nerdy and whatever. They just want to burn, burn as as hot as they can and as bright as they can and as hard as they can. And I get it. You can only burn that hot for so long, you know. Um, yeah. it, and it's once you do reach those older ages, or I mean, all it takes is one injury to change your life. You know, I I, I used to be big into bodybuilding. I'm I'm only like five eight and I reached like two ten two fifteen pounds um I, I was getting in it but uh i fucked myself up on a deadlift day or, or a back day overall yeah i got myself a nasty uh, a nasty groin injury i was doing deadlifts hitting prs i was hitting prs that whole week man i was i was i was crushing it and yeah. uh, I, I did a bunch of deadlifts and then i went to do a um a row machine mm -hmm. where you brace your feet Put, you know brace your chest and pull yeah. and as i was pulling back i just felt a pop <clears throat> dude it's fucked it's fucked and it's actually something every lifter's worst nightmare dude it's fucked up man and um i'm working with a clinical shiatsu specialist to fix it up um mm. many years later but if i were to go to conventional route if they even recognized the injury and didn't say we don't see anything wrong uh, get lost it would involve intensive like surgery to areas that no man would want a surgery on. And then, yeah, it's right. But, um, so yeah, you know, I think deadlifts are cool, but I do them these days light just to get the yeah. motion down. But, uh, yeah, I recommend any, any one in fitness, male or female or any young or, or old, you know, think about yourself 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now. Do you want to be that guy? or a gal that can't, right. but you look right. in your 20s, or do you want to be that person that's still able to work out in their 60s, 70s, 80s, because their joints still work, and everything yeah. still works, and they didn't injure themselves along the way. That's it. That's I, I work out with several people in their 60s who are still competing in, like, the IFBB Pro League. Do what they do. Do what they yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm like, you can still do this, you know, come on now. We don't have to kill our bodies. But I understand, like you said, people just want to go, 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 go. Yeah. And just a quick shout out to Ronnie Coleman. I think he is awesome. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, um, love that guy. Nothing but a peanut, you know? <laughs> fucking love that guy. He's Lightweight, so baby. Lightweight, baby. He's funny, man. <laughs> let's, uh, let's switch gears a little bit. Because you mentioned yeah, man, that the... you were clinically considered dead two times yep. now can you tell me about that what was that experience like because a lot of people that experience something like that they report all sorts of different spiritual or metaphysical revelations or connections or lessons learned or they saw something or they feel something afterwards did you have any sort of experience like that or was it more like you were turned off and turned back on what what uh what'd you experience it was like being turned off and turned back on 
And in that was the lesson. My life was over like that. I was already doing good, like for myself for that point, I was doing okay with my life. I was pushing, I was headed the right direction. But that light switch being on and off and then the way I felt thereafter and then knowing how the people around me felt, no, they knew I died. Like how they treated me. Because this happened December 18th. It made Christmas really fucking weird that year. It was twice like on the same day? Yep. And which, so that being, which incident was that from? Um, I was actually living with a friend of mine. I was trying to help him get back on his feet. And that was the wrong move, man. So when I say watch your friends, um, like I said, I was doing well in my life and I was making some money. He felt some type of way because he was just trying to live off his military income from being hurt, which I don't remember what it was. But when you have a drug problem, it's never enough. So um he co-conspired with somebody that I knew to put GHB in one of my drinks to kind of inebriate me enough to, um, I don't know how or what their official plan was, but I can tell you from the time that I finished my monster, which what the GHB was in, when I woke up in the hospital, they saw a bunch of pricks on my hand. There was hundreds of them. Like somebody was trying to hit a vein and couldn't hit my shit. And I woke up and the doctor said, kid, we know you don't do drugs. There was carfentanil, there was heroin, and there was one more in my system that they mixed together in a cocktail to rob me. So that's how I ended up dying. And I'm not going to sit here and paint a picture like, oh, it was this giant religious experience and this, that, and the other thing. I do believe that there is a God that we won't go there. But I think it was the lesson that my life can be gone that fast. And I had seen this in person numerous times through my time in the military. And I didn't exactly grow up in good neighborhoods. I lived in a nice suburban area for a little while. But when I got on my own, like when I was 16, life took a turn, you know. So I think that was the lesson. That was the spiritual awakening. Interesting. And so... Because what if you know, like I got uh, to before I quit, I guess to think that it was off that because you don't remember anything before you're born. It's just black, right? You're just born one day. In that instant, I knew that I needed to do more so with the impact that I had on others. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's a lot. Um so do you sometimes put yourself back in that mental headspace that you experienced right after those occurrences and like use that to fuel you or like what was can you describe what that felt like immediately after if you are willing to of course describing it's kind of hard to do because it's not like anything else that you felt before you feel like a the luckiest person in the world but then you feel like holy shit i'm still here all my friends have died. I just died and I'm still here after everything in my personal situation, after everything that I've been through that I just, I keep getting told I'm either the luckiest person alive or like the 
unluckiest person alive. And to me, I think it is luck. So, but there was also an overwhelming feeling that I wasn't doing something right and wasn't living up to my fullest capabilities. So when I say it was like a light switch turned off on and off, when it turned back on, that feeling was super overwhelming. I know I'm I'm searching for the words to try to find and convey like how that felt. It was it was horrifying and exciting all at the same time. Cause it's it's solidified. I knew I'm here for a reason. I know I'm supposed to do something now. There's no reason I should have survived. Doctors are telling me, like, kid, you were dying at the VA. They wheeled you over here in a hope, in a very slim hope. Like, I had less than a 10% chance to live. Yeah. So, it's, I don't think you can honestly describe that feeling for those of us who have had it. And I can't say, oh, God came down and said this, that, and the other thing. It's like, if he did anything, it was, he let me open my eyes and I knew exactly what I was supposed to do. That's awesome. You know, and I, I certainly hope uh, nobody that hasn't experienced that has the, right. has the opportunity to experience it, but yeah, yeah. I don't recommend it. <laughs> recommend staying alive. That's your official recommendation. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy, man. And so as a professional bodybuilding athlete now and, and evidently very successful fitness coach and online coach, being sponsored and such, you're living a lot of people's dream, right? A lot of dudes aspire to get to where you are and to have the body that you have and to have that result. Is it all it's cracked up to be? Is it, what do you think someone chasing that, that pathway should know? It is everything it is cracked up to be if you're not a piece of shit. Like if you're out here and you're just honest and you just tell people what's up, like you will have an amazing life. Like I have friends now that I've helped, you know, achieve a goal or that worked with me. They throw me the keys to a $100,000 car and say, have a nice weekend. Or, hey, I know you're in town. I'm not there. If you want to crash at my house, the whole house is yours. Like, it's opened up doors. And, I mean, bro, I, I literally get to do what I love to do. I wake up. I eat. I work out. I sleep. I make videos. Like, I used to have to literally work 12 hours a day in a gym, which... I loved working in the gym. I did not, however, love being 12 hours there. And then six on Saturday, six to eight hours on a Saturday. Like, bro, where's your life? Yeah. Were you doing uh, Were you doing Rich's eight-hour workout? Eight-hour? No, no. <laughs> no, not even. Uh, I still have not done that yet. And I want to do it, but I want to do it on camera. Nice. However, no, I was running a gym because I did make it as a personal trainer. I made it all the way up to a fitness director. So I'm in charge of other personal trainers and now I'm selling the personal training on top of doing it. So it is all it's cracked up to be like when you get to your dream, like, and now I understand that there's even bigger hills to climb. So it's like, my life is exciting. I get to wake up and do something I want to do. It may be tedious. It may be like some bullshit I got to deal with, but isn't there with everything, <laughs> but I can say with this, 
with full confidence this life now that I have as opposed to being broke, poor, and homeless, yo, <laughs> this is substantially better. Do you think anyone can do it? Or do you think it takes no. a special kind of person? I don't think anybody can do it. Um, I don't want to say it takes a special type of person. I will say it takes a dedicated type of person. There's too many gym influencers now that are 160 pounds with a six pack and they get a following somehow because of the TikTok algorithm or whatever. But they don't, in most cases, have anything to offer. So I think I think the only reason I'm valid is the reason why Rich was valid is the reason why David Goggins is valid. Because you can relate to us. We've overcome massive adversity to get to where we are. So I want to say if you are thinking about being an influencer, you need to set yourself apart. You need to be different in some way. It can't just be, oh, I'm 180 pounds and I'm genetically gifted at 19. Dude, I was doing all, I was running five miles a day and that was on the low end. Please understand that was the low end. After drinking all night with my friends, smoking two packs of Newports, Yo, I was a badass at 19 too, my guy. You're not impressing anybody. So those type of influencers, like you, to me, like, bro, it, it doesn't take any any real effort. Like Sam Sullick, however, he's another influencer. But yeah. he's also like 22 and he's jacked. He's massive. So like if you're that guy, yeah, so be it. I'm also not saying that you have to be Sam Sullick sized to be an influencer. I'm just saying you need to have something that worth fucking being on the internet for. Because if not, you're just going to be another one of the masses that just, hey, check out my killer arm workout with no arms. Like, yo, like, what the fuck are you going to teach me? Nothing. Yeah. And so, so your recommendation sounds like it's of authenticity and yeah. of actually having substance and perhaps actually having a drive and motivation to help other people not just hey i'm gonna tell people what to do and they're gonna give me money yeah because i'm gonna tell you now you're gonna be in for a hard fucking road you don't you do not get into being a fitness influencer and just immediately start making money hell no. yeah and so you started as like a standard issue personal trainer right a fitness coach like yep. in a gym setting where someone would come and work out with you whatever now you yep. just yourself as an online coach so it's like how are you how are you working with people as an online coach are you like developing their meal plans and workouts for them is it that kind of deal or or what uh what do you do as an online coach so everything is done in-house man i have an app um that you log into that they all log into that actually connects with their fitbits or their samsung any smart device that they have with some type of fitness tracker so i'm able to keep track of everything and even their steps I have them, um, you know, take pictures of the food they're eating, their snacks. Their meal plans are already laid out, but still they have the ability and I want them to take pictures of what they're eating all the time. So it keeps them more or less not only on track, but they know I know what they're eating. And then so it's building like a mental – if they take a picture of something that I know I'm going to bitch about, chances are if they're not around me and they're not using my app and they go to eat something that they're not really supposed to be having for not like a cheat meal or something they're gonna you know 
kind of pause for a second in some cases. I know some people with I've worked with who just don't care. However, um, so the app is really intuitive. Like I said, you can take pictures of everything you're eating and then I can design your workouts. And then if you're new to the gym, it'll actually go through videos and show you exactly how to do the right uh, workout correctly. And then it goes even a step further. You're actually able to video record yourself doing the workout and I can check your form from wherever I'm at in the world. I like being an online coach because I'm able to work with more people and give them more of my time as opposed to where if I'm in the gym, I don't have any time to be on my phone. I can't post on social media. I'm in front of a client 12 hours a day, one every hour. So that's like 10 hours I'm working and then two hours I'm doing whatever else I need to do to take care of the gym. So I'm actually able to afford more time to my clients. So they actually get a better price for what they're paying. Does that make sense? Like it's more value I can give for the price. Yeah. Yeah. Because instead of just an hour of your time, they have a whole app full of resources they could look through. Et cetera. Yeah. Are, you, are you always accepting clients or do you have like a strict, um, like, do you say, Hey, like I'm, I'm going to focus on these guys right now. Or do you accept everybody or do you have to like apply? And if they're a good fit for you, you take them in. What's that process? There's kind of like an application process for my personal clients. Um, we are streamlining it to where we will be taking things in like droves. So we'll be working with like a specific client and then we'll take them. We'll work with, say, like 15 individuals. We'll get all of them done. And then like we'll start in another round of bringing in people because I want to make sure that everybody gets my same amount of attention and I'm not starting people like started at week one. Then I've got somebody who's on week three and a week four and it's just all over the place. So I want to make sure that because I'm all over the place, I've got so much more going on than just the online personal training that I want to make sure that they get the best of the best of the best. That's awesome. So you're, you're focusing on quality, not necessarily just quantity and you're working right. like a semester basis. That's right. pretty Right. Like you're going to pay up front with me, but again, with quality, like you're going to pay for a nice quality Mercedes. You're going to pay if you want a good quality coach. And I'm not saying it's an arm and a leg, but I'm saying I pay for myself throughout the year. I can assure you of that. Have you ever had a client where you had to kick them out because like they sucked or they, they, they acted up or something? You know? mm -hmm. any, any funny stories? I have so many again. Um, I'll just tell you why I'll kick people out. Like I don't write things and I'm not really a jerk. Like if you don't do what I tell you to do, like I'm going to be pissed the first time. I'm not really a jerk about it. The second time I'm on your ass. Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't spend the time and I don't get put in the effort to, you know, not, I'm, I want to make sure that you get results. And if you're half assing it, then I know I, I gave my help all. So while you're half-assing it, I guess you just wanted to give me some money. So there's been times where people would not do their workouts. They wouldn't respond to me or they wouldn't send their check-in pictures like they're supposed to. And I would have to kick them out. There have been times where the people would want to argue with me over what some trainer at their gym told them, who has just started to be a personal trainer, yeah. as opposed to me, who's been in the game and done it for myself. <laughs> after all the injuries saying so, that was probably one of the worst ones arguing back and forth with a woman who thought she was being lied to because of what another junior trainer told her. 
And it was just like, look, lady, I don't have the time for this. And if he, you think he's so great, just go ahead and go there. Yeah. In person, I've had, that's where I've had the worst. Because not only am I stuck with this person for an hour, I had this one old lady that came in, super entitled. I'm in Newport, Kentucky. She's got old racetrack money or whatever. You can tell she's old money. Okay. She came in and was probably one of the worst people I've ever had to deal with on so many different levels. Not only was she rude and disrespectful to my staff, she was mean and bitter to me for just no reason, which is absolutely fine. You can do that all day. I'm going to smile at you because I know why you're upset. Like, <clears throat> but throughout the entire gym as if her talking shit to my other clients wasn't bad enough i tried to show her an exercise which is a very simple machine it was an adductor machine literally you just open your legs like that and she was sitting here telling me how to do my job and that i'm not giving her a right tour and i should have done this that and the other thing when she's never even been in my gym before I was like, okay, look, Miss Smartass, go ahead and jump down on here since you know everything and do the exercise. And she jumped down so fast. <laughs> I didn't even get a chance to change the weight, which was a weight that I would move. Uh -oh. So she gets on there and thinks that I did it on purpose and wants to scream at me about how I'm intentionally making it harder to make her feel bad about herself. And I'm like, look, bitch, just get out of my gym because <laughs> at this point, you are just an awful, terrible human being, and there's no way in fucking hell I want you in my gym, around my parking lot, or anywhere fucking near my other fucking clients because you just reek of fucking horrible, horrible. Just, yeah, I, I, there was a lot of choice words that I used her. Like, general management came up to me and was like, You can't treat people like that. And I'm like, You can't have people like that in your gym for this reason, this reason, this reason. And if you think I'm bullshitting, Go check the cameras and then go ask the other people that she was mean and rude to. If you think I I acted out of pocket, I'll fire myself. <laughs> yeah, man, I left you... management stunned. Like jaws were on the floor because I'm I'm never I'm always I'm to the point direct. Like this is what we're fucking doing. Shut up. But I never get out of pocket like that unless. Yeah. Don't push me because I'm close <laughs> to the edge. You know. <laughs> no. Like... I see. Oh. Yeah, that's, um, you know, there's a lot of rotten apples that get into different bunches, unfortunately, and they can certainly uh, spoil spoil the bunch easily. So you got to got to got to keep uh, keep the grass short, you know, and right, right. I, I was going to ask uh, if you do work with men and women, of course, you um, you answered that. What's your philosophy towards coaching men versus women? Do you think there's a, a massive difference in how they need to be? coached in fitness or what like workouts or what have you are different you want to touch briefly upon that i know we're running short on time there is a massive difference between coaching men and women so i will specifically coach women that want to do like weight loss stuff that need like accountability motivation whatever have you i however will not coach a woman who is a competitive bodybuilder who is on hormones who is in the gym six days a week because I don't have the same body set up. My body doesn't work the same way. And I don't think, I can't say for all, but for the majority of men, I think women should train women and men should train men. Now, of course, there's gray areas in both. 
But for the majority, I think it should stick that way. Now, a lot of women will like working with me just because I'm great with people. I'm good with what I know. I'm very uh, good at explaining things to somebody who may not understand what I'm talking about when I'm talking about like, you know, counting your micro and macronutrients. They're like, what? (laughs) So there's a lot of different facets into being a good coach, but I definitely think being one of them is knowing your strengths and mine is I definitely am really good with guys, but I'm great with women's weight loss as well. So it's uh, knowing your strengths and avoiding, I don't want to say avoiding your weaknesses, but not touching on them when it involves another human's health. And I know too many instances of guys who coached women on and off hormones who have screwed them up to where their hair doesn't grow the same. They have massive hormone issues now, and they're just now getting back on track to even growing a full head of hair after 10 plus years or whatever have you. Yeah, that makes sense. That's very respectable, right? You want to be able to help as many people as you can, but keep the quality up. So you know how to specialize in bodybuilding as a man. So you're willing to go in depth with men, you know, enough basics and of course, fundamentals to be able to help women in a general basis but if a woman right. can specialize, they might want to go to a woman specialist. Correct. And I have friends that will send them. Yeah, that's cool. Last question here beside um, before we uh, finish up. Where'd the, name yeah, Coach May- where'd the name Coach Mayhem come from? So I've had the nickname Mayhem since I've been like 12 or 13 years old. I don't even remember who gave me that name. I think it was my brother. I'm not actually entirely sure. But that has just stuck. My life has been absolutely insane. Mayhem for sure. And it just stuck. Um, I thought about changing my name a couple times and I had a couple other people around me and they're like, no, keep your name the same. Keep your name the same. It's dope. That fits you. It fits you. It's you. And it's just, that's the way it's ever been, man. That's cool, man. Hey, it's a, it's a pretty badass name for a badass dude. Um, where can people find you, my friend, whether it's your social media, whether it's your app, whether you have a website, uh, what can someone do to get in contact with you? Um, where where do you uh where do you go so the best way to get a hold of me is go find me on instagram you can go find me at coach mayhem underscore official and then if instagram isn't really your jam i understand you can actually click on my link in my bio a little beacons link will pop up and then everything else i have going on will pop up in there so whether it's you're a facebook person you're a tiktok telegram all of my stuff is in there it's on the little logos you can just click it and it'll add me right there no fancy looking for me it's not hard it's super easy to find me awesome and then i also i also have a uh, a youtube as well God, phone's going off man no i also have a youtube as well with the same name coach mayhem underscore official that one's being built up we're gaining followers so love you guys over there is there any closing thoughts or, or messages you'd like to leave our viewers off with? Um, As far as closing thoughts, man. So I'm just happy because I never prayed for an easy life. I wanted one that meant something to people and that just my mere existence would motivate other people to do more with them. And I'm so grateful that I went through the insane amount of shit that I went through because my life wouldn't be nearly as fulfilling now. I wouldn't nearly be as impactful. Like, I'm impactful because of what I went through. I'm impactful because I made that juxtaposition to, okay, life sucks here. 
I'm going to get here. Rain, hail, snow, sleet, death, doesn't fucking matter. I'm getting there. So if I can do it, certainly you guys at home can too. There's no reason that you can't strive for better. And in the pursuit of that, you'll find out a lot about yourself, especially men. You will grow so much as a person from doing the hard shit instead of taking the easy route. So I encourage you to just go do hard shit. Just go do hard shit. Even if nobody else knows, you'll know. You'll build the confidence. You'll be better with women or whatever you have going on. You know, there's just so many aspects you can get by doing hard shit in life. That's a fantastic message to close off with. Mr. Mayhem, thank you. Yes, sir. Hey, man, thank you. I really hope that everyone enjoyed today's show. It was an honor getting to know Chris, super cool guy, very glad to be able to call him a friend now. When I saw that I was getting a 5% nutrition athlete on the show, I was very excited. Uh, Firstly, rest in peace to Rich Piana. I think he was an inspiration to countless young men and women all over the world. And I think that Chris continues that legacy very well. I think he is a great example of another very inspirational man who's worked hard to create himself a good life and just wants to help others do the same now. So it was, uh, it was great having him on and great to know him. Be sure to check out his app, his social medias. I'll put those in the description of whatever platform you're on. And as always, if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the podcast, whether you are a health expert, health professional, knowledgeable health enthusiast, able to have a good conversation about a holistic health topic, contact me at ZachTheHealthKing at gmail.com. Again, that's Z-A-K-T-H-E, HealthKing at gmail.com. Stay tuned for future episodes. I have plenty more coming your way, all sorts of different topics, all sorts of different people, something for everybody. Stay tuned.